thought I was worthy. Saved. Some sacrifice. thought I was to die for so I could be free so that I could be whole oh what a great exchange won't you pray with me I am thine O Lord I have heard thy voice and it told thy love to me but I long to rise in the arms of faith be closer drawn to thee, so consecrate me right now, Lord. Remove me out of the equation. Get me out of the way so that you might get the glory. Speak, Lord. Speak to me and through me and even speak in spite of me so that these, your people, can be blessed, better, benefited, and refreshed so that we all might hear from heaven. And then help us leave this place not just enjoying but rejoicing and on fire for you so that we might go in and make changes so that we might upset the culture and infect it with Jesus Christ thank you for your presence in this place already bless us now in the preaching moment for we ask it in the mighty in Master's name of Jesus Christ, and for kingdom building's sake, let every heart say amen. amen. I'm glad God is the boss. Amen. I'm glad God is the boss. I'm glad he allows preachers to prepare sermons while he prepares the preacher. I wanted to preach to you about one thing, but God said no. Kind of, and I told my wife when I was coming over here, she said, what's the matter with you? I said, I'm nervous. She said, nervous? I said, yeah, God's doing something. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but in the study, I said, okay. And they sang the first song. I'm like, okay, I have to change. Sometimes the only thing you can do is praise your way out. Sometimes the only thing you can do is praise your way out. We have in front of us uh, a picture of a situation that seems impossible. We have in front of us in this 20th chapter of the book of Chronicles a situation where it's three on one. Two on one might not be bad. You know, we, we bad enough, we can handle two problems. I, I can handle two men, but sometimes life comes at you hard. Yes. It's not always one thing at a time. It's like a football game that life sometimes will pile up on you. And so what we see in the, in the context is that the children of Moab, the, the children of Mount Seir and the Ammonites are coming against Jerusalem. Uh, Jerusalem is God's city. Jerusalem is where God's people dwell. And I came to tell you this afternoon, just because you saved, don't think for one minute that you are exempt 
to the problems of life. And just like that commercial, there are going to be days when life comes at you hard. The devil is going to tempt you. Your flesh is going to rise up in you. And you know that old man that we thought was dead is going to come back to life. And now you're in the middle of a dog fight. Jehoshaphat noticed after somebody told him, Jehoshaphat, you got some enemies and they're coming to get you. The Bible says in that third verse, I believe, that Jehoshaphat feared and he set his face to seek the Lord. And then he proclaimed the fast throughout all Judah. Yes, Can I tell you every now and then, sometimes praying ain't enough. Yes. Sometimes coming to church ain't enough. Sometimes getting with friends ain't enough. Sometimes you got to declare, I'm not going to eat until God moves this problem out of the way. Jehoshaphat then prays and asks God a series of questions. He says, aren't you the same God that told us that you were going to give us the land? Aren't you the same God that said, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I'll hear from heaven, forgive, aren't you that same God? Now, why are we in the middle of all this mess? Don't tell me for one minute that you haven't ever pushed that button and ask God, why am I in this predicament? Why is it that my money has run out before the end of the month? Why is it that my children are crazy? I came to tell you that there are some times in life where praying won't do. You have to do some more. Notice with me quickly in, in verse 14, then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite, underline that, of the sons of Asaph, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. You have a Levite, somebody who was set aside for the service of God, and upon that man comes the spirit of prophecy. I'm so glad that somewhere in this congregation, there are people who are filled with the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost has a word, it doesn't always come from the pastor. It doesn't always come from the deacons. It says in the midst of the congregation, the Holy Ghost fell. I wish we had churches that in the midst of the congregation, the Holy Ghost would fall and take over the minds of the believers. If we had believers that would, would just receive the Holy Ghost, the word of prophecy would go forward and the church of God could move. Listen to what this man says. Hearken all of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, O King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord. Uh-oh, watch out. When God speaks, something's about to happen. Be not afraid or dismayed by reason of this great multitude. Jehoshaphat, look, we know it's three on one. Look, we know that you're, you're surrounded. We know that you're fearful. But here's what God told the prophet to tell Jehoshaphat, and here's what God wants me to tell all of us today. The battle is not yours, but God's. That devil that is bothering you ain't your fight. Oh, if you just touch a neighbor and say, it ain't your fight, it's God's fight. The drug addiction that's going on in your family, it ain't your fight. It's God's fight. The divorce rate that they keep talking about in Cincinnati, that ain't your fight. It's God's fight. The battle is not yours. It belongs to God. 
I'm so glad that every now and then God will tell you, don't fight that fight. Get out the way. Most of my failures have been become because I tried to fight God's fight. Oh, my arms are too short to handle what God can handle. I'm so glad that God is a mighty God. The Bible tells me Jehovah is his name. He's a man of war, and God has never lost the battle. So the prophet says, tomorrow. You see in the problem today, God is, let me say this, God is a God of already. Oh, y'all not following me. He's already been to tomorrow because tomorrow is yesterday for God. He's already been to where we're going. Our issue is if I want the victory, I got to get to where God is. Tomorrow, go down against them. God is so awesome, he'll tell you where the enemy is hiding at. He said the enemy is down there over there by the cliff of Ziz. Don't worry about it. Go on down there tomorrow. Well, God, when I get there, what should I do? You'll find him at the end of the brook before the wilderness. All right? You shall not need to fight in this battle. Now, let me put a, let me put a period or a comma right there. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Or there's coming another battle where you're going to have to fight. But don't worry about this one. This one belongs to me. I don't want you to fight in this battle. What do you, what do you want me to do, God? I want you to set yourself and stand still. Well, what does that mean? He says, I want you to prepare yourself for the fight. There's an enemy that's coming against you, but you got to be prepared. Well, God, what do you mean? You need to have on your shoes shod with the preparation of the gospel. You need to have on your loins girt about with truth. You need to have on the breastplate of salvation. You need to be armored up because this is not a barbecue, honey. This is a battle. You need to set yourself. Be prepared. And then don't stop with the breastplate of salvation. Put on the helmet of the breastplate of righteousness, but put on the helmet of salvation, and by all means, take unto you the shield of faith, whereby you might be able to quench all the fiery darts. Oh, I don't know about you, but every now and then, Satan likes to hurl missiles at believers. But I'm so glad that if you've ever watched any movies, the Roman shield was a broad shield, about four feet wide and about four feet high, and when you kneel down underneath, y'all ain't following me, when you kneel down underneath the shield, you can say, now, Father, I stretch my hands to thee. No other help I know. I got an enemy coming against me, and I have nowhere else to go. I'm looking to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the maker of the hills. It's the Lord's battle. It's the Lord's equipment. It's the Lord's fight. I'm the Lord's child, and the Lord told me to stand still. Well, God, if I stand still, the enemy will overrun me. Stand still. If I stand still, I won't make progress like I think I should make progress. God said, stand still. Well, God, if I stand still, then what am I going to do? I want you to open up your spiritual eyes. I came to tell you this afternoon that too often we try to fight God's fight in the flesh. In the flesh, you cry out when there's no need to cry out. In the flesh, you think you're praising, but you're panicking. In the flesh, you ain't making the kind of progress that God wants you to make. So he tells us, stand still and see what? The salvation Well, well. the Lord. 
<laughs> Why am I going to be victorious? Because I know how to pray? No. Why am I going to be victorious? Because I'm so good? No. Because the Lord is with you. Oh, I wish I had one or two witnesses in the house. When God is with you, your downs become ups. When God is with you, your outs become ends. When God is, as a matter of fact, Paul got so excited, he said, if God be for us, who can be against us? And I don't want to get too far ahead, but I came to tell you, if God is really with you, then there is no weapon that is formed against you that's ever going to prosper. Nothing that Satan can throw at you is ever going to defeat you because the almighty God is with you. Well, wait a minute. Maybe I need to tell you just a little bit about this person, this being we call God. Well, one of his names is Jehovah Jireh. That simply means that he can provide my every need. Another one of his names is Jehovah Nisi. Now, we like to say that means the Lord is my peace. Well, I come to tell you this afternoon, the only reason you have peace is because he'll fight for you. I can't have peace in a time like this unless I have a Savior who's going to fight for me. And then his name is Jehovah Rophe. He heals me of all of my diseases. You ever been sick? and didn't think you were going to get well, I got a doctor, they tell me, who has never lost a patient, and Jehovah is his name. The Lord will be with you. So you don't have to fear. Don't be scared. Can I tell you, Jesus says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Give thanks. <laughs> Everything. Oh, I know I've said it here before, but it's the truth. Oh, give thanks. Where you at? For my cancer. Give thanks. For my, for there he is. Give thanks for the cancer. Give thanks for the unemployment. Give thanks when my marriage is failing. Give thanks when I don't know I don't have two nickels to rub together. Give thanks. Give thanks when I'm pressed out. Give thanks. Give thanks when it don't look like anybody cares about me. Give thanks. Give thanks when the whole world seems to turn its back on me. Give thanks. Why? Because the holy God has never left you. How can you say that? He said, I will never leave you. I'll never turn my back on you. I'll never forsake you. And it's God who is with us. When Jehoshaphat heard this, see, I don't know if y'all understand. When he heard what the, what the prophet said, he bowed his head. Look at verse 18. He bowed his head with the face to the ground. And when he did that, the rest of the people did that. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, uh-oh, worshiping. Oh, you ain't worshiping when everything is good. You're not worshiping when you got a job and you got excess. Oh, but let money get funny and like your, let, let, just, just let them start talking about, I'm cutting off the gas and electricity. I don't know if you've ever been there. I've been there. You need to learn how to worship when things are at their worst. I went to the tea maker, to the kettle maker, Brother, brother Venice, and I asked him, how do you know which kettle is ready to sell? He told me when I read it, he said, that's easy. 
Well, how is it? He said, I put the kettles in the fire, and I put a little bit of water in each one of the kettles, and the kettle that sings first, while it's in the fire, that's the kettle that's ready to sail. God is treating every Christian the same way. He's put you in the fire, and he wants to know, can you sing while you're in the fire? Can you sing when things go crazy? Can you sing when you don't think you're going to make it out? That's real praise. Real praise don't have a thing to do with how you feel. A lot of times what we do in church, if we ain't praising, all we doing is crying. We ain't crying out to God. We're crying about our condition. But this tells me they begin to worship. Stop. Freeze. What's worship? Worship is me looking at God and ascribing all of the benefits all of the personality traits, all of the glory that's due his name. Oh, I believe I'm right about it. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, in the belly of the whale, of the fish, Jonah worshiped. Oh, yes, he did. In the flames of the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and that bad Negro had a worship service. Nebuchadnezzar had heated up the furnace seven times hotter than it had ever been before. And they said, now listen, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you be ready, I'm going to give you another opportunity just to bow down. That means to compromise. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, nope, we won't compromise. He said, throw them into the fire. And they go down in the fire, three men bound. But don't you know God is a God of deliverance? And while they're in the fire, it wasn't the fire that broke off the bonds. It was the Holy Ghost getting down in the fire with them. I see three men, the Bible says, walking around in the fire. Well, I asked myself, what do you think they're doing in the fire? I don't know, but I don't believe they were contemplating the temperature of the fire. I don't believe they were looking at the circumference of the furnace. I believe that they said, our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above. With wisdom, power, and love, our God is an awesome God. Our God is awesome. He can rule the mountains. He controls the valley. I believe they just started worshiping. They remembered that it was God that created the heavens and the earth. They remembered that it was God that, uh, that, that God chose Abraham. I believe that they had a worship service and they worshiped so well that the Holy Ghost, God said, they're worshiping me in the fire. They ain't complaining about what they don't have. They're worshiping. When you begin to worship God, God is attracted to worship. God is not attracted to pity and to pain and to us crying about how bad it is. Oh, but I came to tell you, church, when you begin to worship, something happens. I want you to look at me with verse 19. And the Levites of the children of the Korhathites and the children of the Korhites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice. Now, you know what, Brother Pastor? The first time I read that, it meant nothing to me. Yes. It's like, so? They just joined in praise. So what? The Holy Spirit said, wait a minute. You need to go back. Go back to the book of Numbers in chapter 16, where Korah led a revolt against Moses. And the ground opened up and swallowed him. 
and all of their kindred got a black eye because of the revolt of their forefather. I came to tell somebody this morning, it don't matter what your grandparents did. It don't matter what your mama or daddy did. It doesn't even matter what you did. As long as you get it straight with Jesus Christ, God will allow you. As a matter of fact, God will pick you to worship. Some of the best worshipers in the world are folk who got messed up past. Just ask Mary Magdalene. She knew how to worship. Ask Paul. After he got it straight, he knew how to worship. God picked some folk that have a checkered past. Everybody in here ought to be excited about that because everybody in here has a checkered past. Everybody in here has some issues. Everybody in here has been part of a rebellion against God. But God, oh, see, we could stop right there. But God allowed these rebellious folk to take part in praise. Yes, Verse 20. They rose early in the morning. Wait a minute. That looks like a transition to me. Now, what happened? Wait a minute. Some rebellious folk got to praise. They praised. Oh, they didn't stay in the past. They moved. They went from yesterday to today. Will you allow me to say that God will tell you in your yesterday what you need to be successful in your today. Can I say that again? God will tell you before you get to the problem that I already had a problem solved. Let me see, let me talk to you about the alreadiness of God. God already has your salvation worked out. God already has your deliverance worked out. God already has your healing worked out. God already has your breakthrough worked out. The issue is you got to get to what I call the drop zone. Well, preacher, what's the drop zone? There is a place where God is ready to drop the blessing that you need to make it through the next day right there. But the problem is, if you're standing back here whining about today, you got to get to tomorrow, honey, because the drop zone is in tomorrow. Your blessing is in the obedient movement that you have to have to get to that drop zone. Too many, too many, too many, too many of us stand at the circumference of blessing whining and complaining about what God didn't do in today when God has already written the prescription and laid it right here for your tomorrow. Pick it up. Pick it up. They rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat, the king, Jehoshaphat, the leader, stood and said, Hear me, O Judah. Now, wait a minute. He was scared before. He, 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 he went to God. He had to fast. He had to get some help. But he ain't scared anymore. Can I, can I tell you that when the Holy Spirit really speaks a word into you and you receive it, you don't have to be scared anymore. Or you can leave now. He says, hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. Don't believe the rumor that they tell you that God will not be able to bring you through because that's a lie. Don't believe that you won't be able to make it. Don't believe that God has forgotten you. That's a lie. Jehoshaphat wants me to tell you, believe in the Lord. Why? Because God has never lied. God has never gone back on his word. 
And if God said, I am more than the world that is against you, you need to believe that word. Believe in your God, so shall you be established. Faith in God will settle you. Let me, let me, let me, let me not preach for about 30 seconds. Let me just talk to you. Yes, sir. Faith, we like to go to Hebrews eleven six. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm sorry, Hebrews 11, 1. Verse 2, for by it the elders have obtained a good report. Faith says, and I've demonstrated this to you before, faith says, I know that I can stand on this. Faith says, I'm not scared to stand on this. How many of us take God just like that? That I'm not scared to stand on God's word. I don't understand it right now. It looks crazy for me to believe in this, but I'm going to stand on his word. Songwriter, can you help me? Standing on the promises of Christ my king, through eternal ages let his praises ring. Glory in the highest. I will shout and sing standing, and I'm standing on the promises of God. He says, listen, that you need to believe in God so you'll be established. Believe his promises. His prophets, so you'll prosper. I'm fine up to there. We all want to be prosperous. We all want to have abundance. Listen to what Jehoshaphat does. And when he had consulted with the people, that means he talked to them. He's the king. He didn't have to talk to anybody. But he talked to them. Yes, sir. After receiving what the prophet said, he talked to them. Yes. Then he appointed singers unto the Lord. Can, can, can I just say something to my choir? God bless you. Yes. Let's sing. Let's keep singing biblical songs. Amen. Let's keep singing God songs. Yes. Let's leave the world mixing a word or two about Jesus in the mix. Let's leave those on the outside of the church. And let's magnify the Lord like you are doing. Let's continue to magnify the Lord with songs that come right out of the book. Why, preacher, are you saying that? Because it's the choir that sets the atmosphere for worship. It's the choir that gets to attack the enemy first. It's the choir. That's why there's so much hell in the choir. That's why some folk in the choir ought to shut up and let the choir director do what the choir director is supposed to do. Let the musicians and let the other people who are leaders lead. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers not unto the congregation, but unto the Lord. And that they should praise the beauty of hope. Holiness is beautiful. Okay, can I just remind you that God is looking for holiness and once he finds it, he'll begin to reward you exceedingly, abundantly above your wildest imagination. But if you're going to be holy, you got to spend time walking with God. You got to spend time on Monday when nobody else is in. You got to be able to do what the lady in the war room does. Go to your secret closet 
And when you go in secretly, close the door behind you and make sure nobody else is going in there with you. And when you get in there, you offer up your petitions to God. And God who sees you in secret, oh my. And they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. <laughs> now, I had fun, Tracy, when I wrote this. Y'all yep. can appreciate this. The yes. Sopranos went before the swords. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, they did. Yes. The altos got in front of the armor. Uh -huh. The tenors and the baritones got out in front of the slingshots. Y'all right. ain't following me. It's a crazy thing to put some singers out front. But what God wanted was to confuse the enemy. God said, if they begin to praise me, like I know they can begin to praise me, the devil won't know what's going on. Normally in a life when you're in a situation where it's three to one, the normal thing to do is run and they ain't running. Something's wrong with this picture. God uses crazy stuff to fight. He uses crazy stuff. Gideon with a pitcher, a candle, and some trumpets. 300 men down from 32,000. And the Bible says, I didn't make this up. The Bible says the whole host ran and fled and cried. Crazy stuff. God uses crazy stuff to fight. How are you going to win a war walking around a city? That's crazy. People looking at you like, what in the world is that? But when God tells you to do something, he's in the mix and he's there to bring you out Success. I don't care how, matter of fact, I got something a little crazier for you in a second. But God fights with crazy stuff so he can take our ability to brag out of it. Yeah. There's no way in the world a picture with light in it is supposed to make an enemy run, but that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Consulted the singers. They should praise God for the beauty of holiness. They went out before the army and to say praise the Lord. Oh yes it is. Y'all you just chewing that for a second. Three to one. The numbers didn't decrease. They do not have artillery in front of them and all you got is some sopranos, some altos, some baritones and some tenors saying praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, can you just see them in ranks? Yeah. They, they, ten by ten, columns ten wide. Praise the Lord. Praise Why? The Lord. For his mercy, yeah. endureth. Yeah. Oh, 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 the devil must have got confused because they were supposed to be running, but they were advancing. Praise the Lord. Yes, yes there are more of you than there are of us, but he who is with us is more than you are. Praise the Lord. For his mercy endureth forever. I told you when you began to worship, 
that there's some things that ain't going to give way by just me singing. You got to worship. They stopped looking at the situation, Brother Venice, and they started looking at God. And when your eyes are on God, you become invincible. When your eyes are on God, you become bold as a lion. They said, praise the Lord for his mercy. They didn't ask for deliverance. Can I say that again? They didn't say, God, get me out of the situation. They simply looked at God and said, praise you, God. While I'm in the mess, I praise you. While I'm messed up, I choose to honor you. While I don't think that things are going to look good, I say, praise the Lord. Why? Because as I look back, Tracy, over my life and I began to put two and two together, I realized that it's God's mercy that has allowed me to get this far. Don't know about you, but I know I should have been dead more than twice. But it's his mercy that allowed me to be here. I shouldn't have the house that I have, but his mercy, and I shouldn't have the car that I have, but his mercy, I shouldn't be able to be standing right here. Car fell on me, shot at, two head-on collisions. But I came to tell you this evening, it's his mercy and it endures forever. Oh, I wish I had one or two people that God's mercy, when he unleashes his mercy in your life, you can tell everybody. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. It was his mercy. He shouldn't have given it to me, but because he loved me in spite of me, he gave me his mercy. Verse 22, and I'll keep my seat. And when, when they began to sing and praise, they just got started. I dare you. Uh, when we were little, we used to say, I D-dog-double-dare you. See, what we do when we come to church, we want to give God some applause. That ain't what it said they did. It said they began to praise. Praise comes from in here because there's a relationship with God up there that lets me know that God is going to bring this thing out all right. So I can talk about his mercy enduring forever. And when they began to praise God got busy. I told you there are some things that only happen when you began to praise. Can I suggest to you that the pain that you're carrying today will only give way when you allow yourself to praise God? A lot of times we say, oh, if I could just, no, don't worry about your inhibition, just praise God. Don't worry about how you look, just praise God. Don't worry about who's sitting with you or not with you, you just praise God. When you're hurting, God, holy is your name. I bless your name. In spite of my feelings, in spite of my fears, in spite of my frustrations, glory, hallelujah, to your name. God, I exalt you. I magnify you. I glorify you. Holy is your name. When the devil says you can't do it, tell him you're a lie. You go back to hell because I'm busy right now. I'm messed up and I praise you. When you begin to praise God, God says, oh, yeah, let me help you out. Devil, sit your behind down. They belong to me, and I decree and declare freedom. I came to tell you today, if you're in bondage, just praise him. Oh, oh, the thief on the cross got a glimpse. He couldn't live very long. But he got a glimpse 
of what will happen when you just praise the Lord. Uh, he, he, was, he was dying. And you know, a dying man, you're either going to be absolutely right or you're going to be positively wrong. He's dying on the right side. Can I just throw this in? You ought to be on the right side of Jesus. Lord, there's praise right there. You're honoring Jesus for who he is. Most of us want to do thanksgiving. That's good. But thanksgiving can't touch praise. Thanksgiving is secondary. As a matter of fact, all y'all, a lot of y'all play cards. Y'all play big whist. Praise is true. Praise is trump. Praise will cut your trouble. Praise will cut your pity. Praise will cut your pain. Praise will cut your heartache. But you better make sure you're holding on to praise and not some counterfeit. Sometimes we come to church and we cry out and make a lot of noise, but that ain't praise. That's just a lot of hot air. The devil will test you. He'll say, okay, I hear you talking. I need to see you walking. And when we start falling down, he said, I didn't think so. They don't have that praise that gets set on fire. I came to tell you today, when it's praise, it's combustible. Your praise begins to ignite my praise. And that praise begins to ignite his praise. And our praise begins to catch fire in your praise. And when the church of God begins to praise, the devil says, I don't know what the hell they're doing in there, but I don't have a chance to stand up underneath this praise. I wish I could say I was done. <laughs> One more verse. Yes, sir. Verse 25. Yes. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches, notice, with the dead bodies. <laughs> Those things and people that have you so messed up. Well. Hallelujah for what you're going to do. I praise you in advance for what you're going to do. I can't see it, but I'm trusting you. And the Bible says, on tomorrow, it don't always take God a long time to give you your breakthrough. They found in abundance, riches with the dead bodies, precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves more than they can carry. They had to get, they had to go get the camels. <laughs> they had to go get up bags. You know how we are, we take food home. Yeah, we do. They went and got the camels and put saddlebags on both sides of the camels. And the camels started sinking down because God had so richly blessed them. Let me close with this. Now unto him who is able to do, to do 
to do. My God is able. Is your God? My, my God can do anything. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask a thing. According, here's the part I like, according to. Well, according to what, God? According to the power. God's got the power. All I want you to think about is did he save you? How much power did it take to save a dead man? Did he sanctify you? How much power does it take to cleanse a filthy rag? Is he coming back for you? Who would come back for something that doesn't have any value? Come to Jesus. 